podcasting from a sex writing cave from somewhere in the middle of the internet, this is The Smut Lancer, a weekly podcast where we discuss creating content about sex and getting paid to do it. The Smut Lancer podcast is hosted by me, Kayla Lords, and Molly Moore. We're two sex bloggers who have more ideas than time in the day. If this is your first time listening, glad to have you. If you're back for another week, welcome back. The Smut Lancer podcast is produced weekly, except during those times when we finally admit we need a break. Show notes are found at thesmutlancer.com. When you're ready to take your smut lancing career to a new level, join the Smut Lancers community on Patreon. For as little as $5 per month, you can ask questions, get answers, and interact with an entire community of other people who do what you do and want to get paid to do it too. Head to patreon.com slash the smut lancers to learn more. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. Uh, another week of molly moore and myself this time we are answering your questions in our monthly q a mailbag episode how the hell are you molly moore oh i'm good thank you yeah it's okay it's okay i know that's, that's sort of the default it's we're we're good we're we're good okay um if that's what you can say then you're doing well and if that is not what you could say then our hearts go out to you okay we're gonna jump right into questions this week last week's episode was very rambly but that was a big topic we Sometimes take on big topics. Yeah. I am dedicated to keeping her shorter this week. Dedicated. Yeah. We are, if we are going for it. If you manage it, JB will want to know your tricks because okay. he's been trying for many years. Okay, so our questions came in from Twitter, um, and we're gonna just go through them. The first one is from Ruby Rousson. That's how. Um, we think we should say that um, mm -hmm. she is at Miss Ruby Roussant on Twitter. And the question is, how do you deal with guilt from earning? Molly, do you have thoughts? Um, so, well, uh, I don't know that I have a, that oh, much guilt about it. Like, so I feel like when I have earned money because I did a job, because then I did a job well and I put in the time that I was meant to do or I wrote the piece I was meant to do. I'm proud that I earned that money. I'm like, yay, go me. Look, I, I earned money and contributed towards my life. So um, I don't feel a huge amount of guilt about that. I'm proud of myself for having been able to achieve that. Um, clearly, there is um, the whole issue around um, perhaps earning money when you know that other people are struggling and not earning money and that is a tricky thing to sometimes um, reconcile um, and as to the best of my ability when I am in that position to do so so commissioning stuff in some of the jobs that I do I have tried I try to make a space that is fair and reasonable and make sure that I'm passing some of that forward so that I am um, potentially offering work to people um, who maybe aren't in that position. Um, and so I think that's one of the things to, to, to know that to the best of your ability and not to the detriment of yourself, you are in some way trying to pass on or pass forward the benefits that you have, whether that's in paid work or even just in sharing knowledge. I think what we do here as the Smart Lancer podcast, what you do writing the articles, what we've done with the patron is part of that 
paying that forward, I think, and saying, using some of uh, our privilege, I guess, um, and um, redistributing some knowledge um, and, and, and any other benefits that we can, whether that's, you know, giving people a heads up about work that we have seen or found or um or commissioning people ourselves so for me i think that's that that's how to do with that side of it um yeah that's my answer. So most of my answers, I agree with Molly. I do a lot of the same thing. First of all, I'm always, I am very proud of the work I do and the fact that I've got fortunate enough and also worked hard enough to get to this point. Um, but I do understand the guilt of earning more than other people or having opportunities that maybe other people don't and seeing that other people are struggling. And so, yes, I'm, that is, um, a lot of my thinking behind a lot of the things I do is let me pay this forward. Let me acknowledge the privilege that I have, that I am either mm -hmm. in this situation or I just got that lucky that I got that opportunity when it came up or whatever it may be. Um, but I think that it does no good to sit in guilt about what you've accomplished. I think that the answer is ultimately, what are you going to do with that privilege? And right. I know Ruby and I know that Ruby gives back just as much as anybody mm -hmm. else with paid opportunities and, and different things. So I think that's the only way that you can. Now, if there is, there are other forms of guilt and the question does not address this about um, not earning as much as you once did or in the ways that you earn money. And I think ultimately, if you are doing what works for your personal morals, ethics, values, skill set, whatever, mm -hmm. then move forward and continue to do the thing and continue to look for opportunities and to grow and to t seize opportunities as they come your way, while also when you hit a certain level, paying it forward as much as you can. I think ultimately that's, that's, Short of just not having guilt at all, that's the only way I could imagine trying to deal with it either. Right. So hopefully that helps. And uh, Ruby, follow up questions. You know where to find us. We are happy to mm -hmm. chat. The next question comes from Life of a Kinky Wife uh, at Kinky Wife Life on Twitter. Uh, pretty simple question. Editorial calendars, yay or nay? So real quick, let's define an editorial calendar. This can be as simple as a little list of, I'm going to pu publish blogs on these days. Um, it can get, becomes more complicated. You can have a literal calendar and say on this day, I'm going to publish this content about this topic. It can become even more complicated than that. You can schedule out a month at a time, a quarter at a time, a year at a time. You can even have outlines. An editorial calendar is just whatever schedule you're creating for yourself about what you're going to publish when. Molly, yay or nay? Um both actually uh, or actually mostly yay but just different degrees of so uh, for me personally for my blog i always had um my i guess my editorial calendar was that i had a rule for myself was that i posted a minimum of two blog posts a week um and um recently that i've still stuck to that rule but i've changed the one of the the time that i do it um 
just to move things around a bit and give myself a little bit of freedom and I'm quite excited when this is going out it'll be June when this is going out right Mm -hmm. so currently hopefully therefore I will be in the throes of every day damn day in June which is a meme run by Harrison Jones um and I'm hoping that that is going to spur me on to write a lot more content because the last couple of months have been hard and they've taken a toll on my writing and so I'm hoping that this is going to like fire me up to kind of get back in it we'll see uh watch this space um so in a weird way that every damn day in June is a form of an editorial calendar because I'm saying to myself for every day in June I'm going to post something every day now I haven't planned out what that will be every day because I tend to my blog tends to be very in the moment and by the seat of my pants and just like, what's today? What's in my head? What picture shall I use? What does that make me want to write about? There will be obviously some formula, some form to that because obviously Sunday will be Simple Sunday and um, obviously Monday will no longer be Masturbation Monday because Kayla doesn't love me anymore and so she's not doing that and that's fine and I forgive her mostly. Um, no, no, no issue there. Um, you know, there'll be um, lingerie um, is for everyone. I will use that as a day to do stuff. There's um, a, uh, a couple of other memes and stuff that I will probably use to give some structure to my week. Apart from that, I'm hoping that the freedom to just mm, write whatever will get me going. But it's not always worked in the past. So I can only say that. Um, but in my jobs that I do, uh, that I am paid actual like okay, money for, um, clients that I work for, uh, we have editorial calendars that are more, um, less by the seat of your pants and more structured. Um, and there's uh, basically versions of a kind of shared spreadsheet and depending on the, the, the different jobs that I do, they have different, so one of them is mostly social media based. And so that allows me to just keep track of um, things like when there's going, you know, like if it's, I don't know, International Fairies Day or whatever, then that's on there. Like those things where you can see those things are coming up, you can plan for them, you can schedule stuff in advance, da 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 da. And then it like covers um, what's going to be covered or what they've got coming out so that that can be replicated on social media. And then, um, Another company that I work for, we also have an editorial calendar in the sense of knowing, like, so the blog posts that always happen on the same day of the week. We've got the next four or five weeks, I think, like mapped out um, what that's going to be. And I kind of manage all that. So I think, though, I think in that situation, if you are working for a client, I, I think then that's probably a really useful thing to have whether that's something that you have just so that you're managing work or whether that's dependent. It depends whether your client is literally just saying to you, here it is, do your thing, or whether they're saying, can we do this, can we do that, in which case then maybe that's a shared editorial calendar um, that you both have input to. It really depends what the the work is that you're doing. Um, So yay, I think, particularly for paid work, because then, it, like, for my blog, like, if I don't do a thing or I forget a thing or I forget that it's International Fairies Day, 
Um, it doesn't matter. It's my blog. It doesn't really matter. Oh, I forgot that. I should have done something for that. It doesn't matter. Um, but when obviously it's paid work, um, saying to the client, oh shit, man, I forgot about your fairies because um, I hadn't written them on the calendar. Like, I mean, obviously everybody does that now and then, mistakes, but I think um, having a calendar will help you to, to not miss the fairies. <laughs> that needs to be on a t-shirt. Having a calendar will help you not miss the fairies. I, I think that's that's appropriate. Um, I am uh -huh. definitely right there in the same vein with you. Um, I use very strict editorial calendars, and even that's not that strict, but very strict editorial calendars with client work. My personal blogs or sites, it depends. There was a time with kaylawars.com that I literally knew what every day of the week was for. And if there was, mm -hmm. so Monday was Masturbation Monday. Uh, Tuesday was, it depended on what I was doing, I had different projects. Wednesday was something, Thursday was something, Friday was something, and if, somebody asked me to create content, whether it was a review or a sponsored post or, hey, tell the world that I wrote this book, I had days for it and it only went out right. on that day. Now, I might not know before I, you know, the week started what that post was gonna be, but every day was designated for something. And that worked for me for years. It meant that there were weeks I had seven posts in a week and it meant that there were weeks I did not, but every day was mapped out. It kept me organized, that worked until it did not work. And the moment it stopped working was when it felt too stifling and confining and I felt boxed in by it. And so then I needed to loosen it up and be like a little less type A about it. Um, with Smut Lancer and Loving BDSM, there, there is a very basic content uh, editorial calendar, meaning I know that barring weird things like websites going down, Podcasts go out on Monday, a blog post should go out on Wednesday. On Smut Lancer, that has not happened the past few weeks as regularly as I'd like. I'm reworking some things. The same is true for Loving BDSM. On Fridays, that's when a podcast episode goes out and it goes out at the same time and come hell or high water, it, that one, we don't, we don't play with that one, that one comes out. Um, and then other things follow along with that. Um, I tend to vary whether I get really specific with exactly what we're gonna talk about or post or whatever versus what's coming down the pipeline that kind of um, works and feels good. And the, the drift I have between that is how stifled it makes me feel at the time. Sometimes mm -hmm. I want to create what is burning a hole in my head at the moment. And sometimes I want the freedom to not have to come up with an idea that day and to just look at the piece of paper and go, that's the thing we're making today, okay. And I don't have to right. think too much about it. The uh, way I do that though, is to keep notebooks and pieces of paper and sticky notes and planners and whatever method works for you of mm -hmm. ideas. So that yeah. if nothing's burning a hole in my head, but this is the day we publish a blog post, I have a place to go yeah. to find something that I'm like, yeah, that's Something's right, right. Right. And I will say, I should just come back to like, if you're running projects, I think they're a very good idea. So for example, Simple Sunday, the monthly prompt currently, um, is written in the in the CMS for up to September, and I usually would like to in the next month sit and write the remaining this uh, certainly the remaining of this year 2020, and preferably into I tend to try and sit down and do six or eight at once. That gets me oh, like six or nine months ahead of myself, and they're all written and they're all draft posts and they're ready to rock and roll. And I have a spreadsheet for all the different possible ideas that we can do. 
and that's very similar with King for the Week, although I'm behind in writing them, but I have a spreadsheet. So I think for projects like that, having a document that you work from, whether that's a spreadsheet or however you, whether that's a planner or how, whatever works best for you, I think will help you to not wake up at four in the morning going, fuck, I haven't done that thing or blah, 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 blah because you have it all planned, mapped out, maybe six, nine, 12 months worth of it, maybe. Um, so in that sense, I couldn't manage those projects, Simple Sunday, etc., Keep the Week, blah, 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 without that. I, they'd have fallen apart way long time ago. Like, I literally have to sit down and do bulk stuff and get it ready. Otherwise, you're just in crisis management mode every week. Yes, I uh, came up with something similar for Masturbation Monday, even though I always did it a week at a time, had the spreadsheet, knew what was coming, because exactly. And it does depend on your um, goals too. So if, like with Smutlancer, I do want to create a more, a slightly more strategic editorial calendar because there are some goals we want to accomplish. So if you are trying to achieve content goals, search algorithmic, please find me on the Google for this term goals, a editorial calendar that maps out what content you're gonna create when over a period of time, a month, a quarter, six months, it's not a bad idea, especially if your mind kind of works that way. If you only write when you're inspired, it's very hard to have a strategy and that's okay, mm -hmm. that is okay, but it does depend a little bit on what the goal is that you're trying to reach as well. Editorial calendars are great for keeping yourself organized, keeping yourself on track for a goal that you have. Um, I don't think they're the end all be all. I think they can take whatever form you want them to take. Um, I think that the moment they stop being useful, it's time to switch that up and do something different. Okay. So that's what I will say about that. Okay, so let's go to the next question. This comes from Amy Norton at Coffee and Kink. Uh, she asks, how do you raise rates with an established client? I have a method, but I'm gonna let you go first, Molly. Do you have a specific method you use? Uh, no, I've actually only done it, uh, I've done it twice. And um, once I did it when the client actually came back to me and said, we want to change up how often you are doing what you do and we want to include these things and are you up for that? And I looked and went, sure, but not for what you're currently paying me. Um, and so it was a relatively easy conversation because they were essentially asking for more. Um, and so for me to then say, like obviously more as in, I mean, they knew they were gonna pay more because it was like, well, instead of doing it once, can you do it three times? Then clearly they were gonna pay me for each of those times. But what they actually wanted me to do as part of that was also more too. And so I was able to say, sure, I'm happy to take on the extra, but actually my rate for one is not that it's now this, because you're asking me these extra things. We had a kind of conversation back and forth and they were like, that's fair. So it was relatively easy. Um, the other time I've done it, long-term client, been working for a very long time, um, and um, I had to kind of brave myself, gear myself up for that one. Um, and it's hard, because you feel like you're asking, and then, especially if you get into that kind of conversation where they're like, well, what? Um, 
but we worked it out and 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 we got to where we needed to get to so um it's a hard thing to do i think it depends on the client i think it depends on how you feel about the client and whether you want to continue working with them long term too i think it can be a tool to help you remove clients that you maybe are finding hard work because you can then say well my rate is going up to this amount and in the hope that maybe they'll go oh that's too rich for my blood we'll have to stop and you can then go oh well that's a shame um so as i said it can be a tool to help you uh move people along shall we say um to kind of price yourself out of their league um but obviously that might not be your reason you may actually still want to keep the job but feel like they're not um paying their way so i think I don't know that I have a, like a, a blueprint for it because I think it totally depends on the client, the relationship you have with them, what you do with them, how you feel like. I mean, if you absolutely totally think a client is suddenly doing 10 times the business they were before and breaking it in and yet they're still only paying you a tiny amount, then that's a conversation to go and say, look, this is the situation. I'm doing this amount of work. Here's what my rate was this. But I've had that rate for 24 months. And I, in order to continue to do what I do and to survive, I'm changing my rate to X. And I think as long as you're, that rate is, is, is not ridiculous, where you're then, you know, then I think most clients, if you're doing a good job for them and they like what you do, are going to accept that unless you're trying to price yourself out of them in which case that's a whole different conversation and you try, certainly i mean yeah then be like i actually want this obscene amount of money i mean you never know they might agree to pay it in which case woohoo but um the likelihood is they're probably going to say it's too rich through their blood and then you can say well that's a shame i feel like i'm going to move on from this project now so that can be a way of separating yourself that's my thoughts she is gonna agree with me. Uh, also, but I do, yes, also. I have two very specific methods for this mm -hmm. because I am for shit at this. I had to map this out and create a process so that it became a process in my head that's just part of the job and I could plan for it. So I have two ways of doing this. Neither is always perfect all of the time but they have both worked. So one is I wait for either the um, like one year anniversary or six month an anniversary or milestone of when I first started working with that client. And I say, okay, I have been working with you for X amount of time. Um, we do these things together. It is, you know, whatever. And I usually do it annually, but six months is fine too. Um, my, my rates are going up. I really like to do this at the end of the year because a lot of places, if they work on a calendar annual schedule, their budget rolls over at the first of the year. Uh, some places don't necessarily do that. And if you have that working relationship, you can find out when that is and schedule the conversation for then. I do tend to do it at the end of the year, but the one year anniversary 
of when I start working with a client is also a great time. And you go, look, I've been doing this thing for you for one year, or we're at the end of the year, just as you are reassessing costs and budgetary concerns, so am I. And my rates are going up as a result. Um, I will, in that conversation, I will say things like, and I mean them, you know, if you were a new client, this content would now cost you this much money. Mm -hmm. But because we have a, a long standing relationship, I, then I back it off a little bit. I still get a raise, but I let them know that our relationship got them a slight deal, but I'm still making more money. Okay. Now the couple times I've done this with success, first of all, you have to remember, you can present this to a client and they can say, no, I don't want to do that. And then you have to make decisions about what to do next. The last time I did this, this method with a client, I had actually let them have the same rate for like three or four years because I am for shit at raising rates. That's why I had to turn it into a process or it never would have happened. I said, my rates are now this, but hey, let's back it down. Like, I was like, my rates are now like $75 per piece of content, but I'll back it down to blah, blah, blah. He came back with, I understand what you're saying. I totally get you. However, because of the nature of the work, I can't pay this much, but I can pay this much. And he mm -hmm. came back with a slightly lower number than the one I was offering. I then have to go sure. back and go, okay, is that number worth it to me? Is the long-term client worth it? Blah, blah, blah. It was, I wanted to keep his business because he'd always been good and steady and an easy client. It was easy money. And so why not? The other process that I have, and this one, you won't know you can use it until you have an established relationship with a client. Um, I usually, most clients, the gateway into working with me is I start writing some blog content for them and um, I'll charge a price. I charge more now than I used to, but I'll charge what feels fair, right? Instead of going back and renegotiating that blog price per content piece up, because if you work for a client for a long um, enough amount of years, sure. you're going to price yourself out. There's going to be a ceiling that they're just not willing to pay more, right? So what I do instead is if that's a client who is throwing me different kinds of work, different kinds of content to create, different kinds of work to do on their behalf, that's where the increase comes in. I'll let you have my pitiful little, this is how much I'm charging per blog post for you forever. But the next thing you ask cool. me to do, you're gonna get today's rate for that. So I don't cut a discount. I, I price my highest and best price, whatever that may be, for the next thing they want me to do. The the client who I, they we negotiated back mm -hmm. and forth on, the price increase per uh, piece of content, they started throwing me different types of content to write. And I could have lowballed that. I could have said, well, I've never actually technically written that, but I've written for years. So I have the experience to write. I gave them a high price. I actually gave them a price I thought they'd say no to. They said yes to, that's now the base yeah. price. It's a shit ton of money for two hours worth of work. It's easy. So I don't feel bad about giving them the discount rate and not bumping my price up on this other stuff. I have another client where I am basically their content manager at this point. I handle their blog post. I work with their contributors. I do their social media. I'm doing their videos. I'm starting to do their podcasts. Like I'm like, whatever content they're creating, I'm doing it now. Every new thing that we add to that, you get to, you get 
current day price of what I would charge right. if you were Joe Schmo off the street and I didn't know you. Because my thinking is, if they pay it, great. I just got a pay raise. I'm making mm -hmm. a really great price on this thing. I feel good about what I'm making. If they say no, mm -hmm. I didn't take on any extra right. work at a price that doesn't feel fair. That is mm -hmm. an imperfect one in the sense yeah. that that only works with clients who are constantly growing with you and throwing you different types of work. But it has allowed the person, me who does not like uh, confrontation and difficult conversations to <laughs> avoid the renegotiation, but also to avoid hitting whatever the ceiling is gonna be for the content I'm creating. So that's how I do it. I do think you're right. I think it depends on the client. It depends on, yeah, if I'm working with a client for a few months and if they go from zero to nothing, from nothing to like a million, dollars yeah my rates need to go up because i've helped you do that you know that was what my content helped create but those are very situational mm -hmm. and in it's the point of an ongoing process with long-term clients this those two things have been my process I think so good. i think they're good there is that that's my answer for that next month mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah mm -hmm. okay um I think that's it for this. That is, we, um, if any questions came in while we were recording, we will add those to the next month's list. Yeah. So just remember, you can ask your questions at any point. You do not have to wait for, for us to post on Twitter. You can email us, you can DM us, you can just ask us on Twitter and we will add them to the list and we will answer them either in a standalone episode or in a mailbag. And if you want quicker answers, more direct answers from not and just us, no but from other people who so do yeah, what you do, uh, like consider joining us on Patreon, patreon.com slash The Smut Answers. Okay, that's it for us this week. Uh, next week, it's me, myself, and I. It's so sad. It's so lonely. And then the next week, it's just Molly. And then we're back again. See you all later. Bye. That's what I'm hoping for for myself as well. Okay, y'all, we you will hear one of us next week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smut Lancer podcast. If you like what you just heard, please leave a review on your favorite podcast app and check out the blog, past episodes, and other great information at thesmutlancer.com. You can follow the Smut Lancer on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. It's at the Smut Lancer in all three places. Or follow Eroticon on Twitter or Instagram at Eroticon UK, all one word, Eroticon UK. For more tips, tricks, and help from your fellow Smut Lancers, join us at patreon.com slash the Smut Lancers. Thanks for listening. Let's do this again next week. Mm -hmm.